Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Hey, hey, coming in hot, hot, hot. Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Welcome to this episode of I Date Money. I'm your host, Lisa Drennan, and today we have the amazing Cassie McKenzie. She is a sales career phenomenal. She has been working in the sales pharma industry since she was 21 years old when she started as a pharmaceutical rep with braces and a bad haircut. I would love to see that picture. Calling on customers twice her age, she developed her own relationship-based selling style to stand out from the crowd and closed over 22 million in her first two years of sales. In her role as a sales trainer for multiple world-class pharma companies, she's trained over a thousand others to make selling fun and easy so you can actually start loving sales. Now, who doesn't need this? Cassie now brings her magic online as a sales coach for high-achieving coaches and consultants who have, who want to fill up coaching offers with aligned clients after crushing it in the corporate world. She Mm -hmm. helps you create your own selling style, making sales easy so you can finally bust free from your nine to five. And wouldn't that be amazing? Thank you so much, Cassie, for sharing this time and this space with us. Uh, I'd like to, do you have a picture of your 21 year old self with the braces? It's right here. I do. I normally pull it out. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have them. Here's one of them. I'm like hiding in the back here. Look at that. Oh, how cute. (laughs) That was me with my clear braces and my power cut. And you can see how thick my hair is. Yeah. So it just kind of went out like this. (laughs) Great. Yeah. And then there's a few of them here, actually. One of my favorites, though. Yeah. Here. I had this was me. Look at that. Yeah. Very cute. You haven't yeah. changed. You still look the same, except for you. Your hair is longer. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. A few more wrinkles, you know. From yeah. well, we my, can't. See those. My twenties. <laughs> my it wasn't from stress. It was from partying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the best kind, right? Right. Sleep. <laughs> I love it. So how how did you get started in the uh, and what what made you get this job at such a young age? Well, it's funny. So I grew up and this goes along with my money story too, but like my parents are both teachers. So I grew up as the daughter of two teachers. So of course I had to have straight A's and 
go to an in-state college. We went to Virginia Tech. And so my mom growing up was always like, don't be a teacher. Don't be a teacher. Like do something where you're going to make money. Be a be a lawyer or a doctor. And like, I, because I guess she thought that I like talked back a lot. So I'd make a good lawyer. And I just figured it would be like completely boring. And I just didn't want to go to school for like my whole life. And so I, I have a lot of like, um, in my family, so I have 21 cousins and we either went to be a teacher or went to be pharmaceutical rep. Cause we have one uncle who started at Johnson and Johnson, like ages ago, like when he was in his twenties or thirties and he worked his way up. And so he started to introduce that option to a bunch of, it was kind of like, I'll get you the interview or I'll put your resume in the right hands, but you need to get yourself the job. Like, this is not me getting the job. And I, and I was shit at interviewing. Like I literally had no idea how to, I was how to sell myself. I was great at marketing, but you know, I hear I wanted to go into a sales role, but it was like my desire pushed me so far into it. And I ended up getting hired at like the 11th hour right before um, graduating in May of 2000. So that's amazing. And you have to have a heart for sales. I mean, you really have to love that aspect. And I always think like, you know, I never had to sell anything, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I worked for Social Security Administration for 30 years and people came to me and I just yeah. know this is what you need. Okay. This is what you get. And even I was a real estate paralegal, a bankruptcy paralegal. I worked for an insurance company. Now I'm an independent insurance broker because I was re- I retired from my nine to five. And I'm thinking like, in August of 20, I went online coaching and that's the first time I ever really sold. I mean, because yeah. I was an independent Avon rep um, from 1993 until 2019, but I never had to like, we, I went door to door, like passing out brochures, but I never really sold. I didn't, I thought, well, Hey, did you want some Avon products? If you do, I can leave this brochure. If not, no worries. And yeah. it was simple, you know, and I would use it as exercise. I would take the kids in a stroller door to door and, you know, back in the day. and you know, so when Avon calling, <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I'd, I'd have all my, like, then I would, I would expand my territory and I would call and I'd be like, you know, instead of going door to door, I would call and say, especially in the winter months, I'd say, Hey, you know, I, I have access to Avon. Would you like a brochure? I could drop it off. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, that would be wonderful. And, you know, and I'd go there with all my little samples and, <laughs> you know, Let's do any party. That I had one client who tried on 50 different lipsticks, but, mm-hmm. um, it was nice because it was a nice little side gig to have because you you know obviously do your own hours and then the commission was all mine like I didn't have to you know right. make, build a team or anything like that so yeah. that's my experience with sales so r- going back um, back to little Casey when you were like you know the first time you met money how old were you oh I would say somewhere around the four three or four year old range. Um, where I realized, yeah. And I, cause my, um, my dad, I used to make trips to Colombia and the Bahamas from Florida right. and we suddenly would be living in the, I was born up in the Hills of Georgia and then we came to Florida and I didn't realize it back then, but I was visiting him in prison by a certain age and then he was home. So he actually, and eventually my parents got divorced. And I remember seeing the check that my mom wrote to the IRS for back taxes 
was like 30, no, what did I say 30? It was like $68,000. Wow. Was yeah. And I, then I remember what we, one day we're living in this huge house and the next day we're not. And so, um, yeah, that was when, you know, things didn't make, and I didn't really know what was going on, but they were definitely formative memories from then on, because then my mom remarried, married a, you know, my stepfather is a teacher or was back then in football coach. And so money was always like hard to come by or something you had to like budget for, or you'd set aside like the kitty, you know, like the little envelopes for our vacation <laughs> that my mom would like steal from the kitty to go get some wine. One day. I'll just pay it <laughs> when we get paid at the end of the month or, you know, we can't eat out or if you do, you can't order until, until I tell you, which I mean, obviously I would, I totally do that to my kids, but it's not because of things being expensive. It's just like, are you going to get something you're actually going to eat or is it going to yeah. sit on and stare back at you this whole time. So, but anyway, yeah, that it was very interesting money story there. Yeah. And I, I can't even imagine like going, like realizing that you were going to visit your dad in prison. Like, did your mom explain that to you? Or, you know, she's just like, I'm going to go see your dad today. Yeah. You know, I can't really remember. I don't know if I've just like blocked it out or what, um, you know, or like even at the age of four, do you really know what right. prison is or, and I don't really, I can't, re- I just remember like a couple of different times being in the main waiting room, yeah. but I don't, like, I don't remember it was like the glass window or anything. Like, that. <laughs> like I can't even remember if I got to go back or not. And who knows, maybe it was like a, you know, a subconscious kind of right impressed thing, but um, you know, it's really strange to think back on that. Cause then I started this story inside of like, it's not safe to have, like, if you have a lot of money or you have a lot of things like that, then it's just going to go away one day. Like you'll build it up for it to go away. There was no, like, you'll build it up and then be able to maintain it. You know, there's been a lot of like subconscious work that I've had to do to repattern that. And because a lot of times you're not even realize you don't even realize the stories. You just think it's just life happening to you. Right. And that's so important because our subconscious holds so much information that just sneaks up on you. And then you're like, what, what, what happened? I just got blindsided here and realize like my family, they were entrepreneurs and my father's side of the family, they were gamblers and they I like to call them. I don't even know what the right word is to call them, but they took advantage of others. And it really left a bad taste in my mouth towards entrepreneurs because I always thought that they were trying to scam somebody. And then my my mom's like side of the family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then my mom's side of the family, they were also entrepreneurs, but they were very good. So but I focused on the negative instead of the positive. And yeah, as I've been doing yeah. As I've been doing my work, I've been, you know, revealing all these different layers and realizing, okay, I got some generational curses going on here. Let's, let's work on this. But because like, no one teaches us about finances, we just observe and then we absorb and then we take action thinking, okay, this is the right thing to do. So when you saw this check being written for this astronomical amount of money for taxes, how did that shape your opinion about taxes as you were growing up and starting to pay your own taxes? just that I better pay them or else I could go to jail. But honestly, <laughs> that's the only takeaway that that I got 
and also I was like, I don't like my last name is probably like lit up on the side of the IRS's like, you know, main room. Like I'm just going to play by the rules because back then, like they got him on tax evasion. Right. But what really happened was they were doing one last trip. You know, you always hear about the, and I was like, Later on in life, I found out that like who I thought my dad was like really wasn't. And then I'm like, is it Pablo Escobar? Like, is it Jimmy Buffett? Is it somebody cool? Like, you know, I mean, by that time, it was like, it just just add like mind trauma on top of itself. Right. But but back then, like, um, because my dad would always complain about taxes and stuff like that. But I ne- I didn't latch on to that one. I always thought like, well. While it's not fun to have it taken out, it's just what it is, you know, and it's just, it's easier to just pay it and be done and just make more. You can always make more from that. So yeah. luckily I got, or I got, you know, cause I, I, I don't even resonate like, cause I hear this a lot from entrepreneurs around like, oh, I don't want to send the tax bill out, but like maybe because I, you know, went straight into pharmaceuticals where I was like my second year in the territory, I made like $130,000. Like when you added bonuses and I mean, that's not even counting like the car and those kind of benefits and stuff like that. And so when I, and maybe because we always got like E what what's it called? Like the, um, the pay, the checks, you know, the paycheck stubs or whatever. I don't even know what they're called. Yeah. You know, like they, you, you don't actually get a physical paycheck because it's right. direct deposited in. So, you know, I think back in the day when you'd look and be like, holy shit, who's FICA? And why are they taking so much money? Like, I don't know that person. You know, like it's already taken out and you look at it and you're like, damn, that's a lot of money. I can't believe that's how much people pay. And then you just make smart decisions, like move away from California into Florida where there's no state income tax. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly. And I always like to say we get to pay our taxes. And yeah. When I- at social security, a lot of entrepreneurs would come in and they're like, okay, here's all my taxes and all that. What's my benefit? I'm like, well, you haven't paid social security. You're not going to, they haven't paid FICA. You're not getting a benefit. They're like, what do you yeah. mean? I'm like, yeah. you actually have to pay taxes to get insured, yeah. to get a benefit. And I'm like, are you saving for retirement? No, no, I didn't know I had to. And I'm like, what have you been doing with all your money that you're making? And like these people um, would come in with these earnings record with no earnings yeah. Well, I'm a self-employed contractor and I'm doing this, but right. But you get money. What do you do with your money when you get it? Yeah. And they literally like just, you know, put it right back into their business. They didn't save for the rainy day. They didn't have an emergency fund. They had all of their accounts commingled, their business and their personal. I'm like, no, no, no. You have to separate all this and yeah. you need to do this. And, you know, there's a statute of limitations on how far you can go back to pay. But, you know, their their net earnings were so low compared to their expenses. I'm like, who does this math? (laughs) You're like, do you want to expand and grow or do you want to like live below the means where you don't pay taxes? And it's really amazing because people think, oh, we're going to just skirt the taxes and then we won't. But then when they get to be elderly and they want the benefits, actually, if they become disabled, they're like, "Uh, I don't have anything. What am I going to do now? And I, you know, as an independent insurance broker, I'm like, well, you can get, you can get short-term disability. You can get long-term disability. You know, you can take care of these things. And you had mentioned money envelopes. We call, I call them money buckets now. So I've taken the envelopes and put them electronically and set up um, wealth activation roadmaps for my clients so they can strategically 
deposit their money into a money bucket and earn interest while they're waiting to pay the tax bill. So it gets to be fun because you get to see that income grow because a lot of entrepreneurs will just leave all their money in that one account that's tied into their stripe. And that money just sits there. I'm like, why? It could be having babies. Let it have babies. (laughs) Let it multiply, you know, and it amazes me how how many self-employed people do that. And, you know, with the, with the sales, like you get the commission, you get the bonuses. It kind of gives you that drive to want to make more money. Right. So, you know, you, you, you're up to 22 million a year now. Is that your average or have you superseded that? Well, that that was in my territory when I first started out. So when I was back in my twenties, so I took over a territory that was um, in, in Birmingham, Alabama, that it was like, fifth from the bottom. And I think we had, if I think back, it was like 150 reps. So I was like number 145 in my territory in the ranking. And so, um, but back then, so I think it was bringing in like maybe 4,000, um, a, like a year. And I grew that up to 11,000 on average for the two years, but after two years in the territory, my, it, it had generated over 22 million in sales from new accounts and new business and getting more, you know, streamlined processes in the offices that I called on so that they could identify patients that were appropriate for the medication. Cause I called on cancer centers. So a lot of these patients didn't have the energy to walk around. And then my product was in anemia product. So, you know, it was, I can't, I can't sell something I don't personally believe in. And so it was so great. Like I was very fortunate to start off with a product that I fully believed in. And I felt like if you're not giving this to your, uh, you know, to your patient, you're doing it a disservice. Like, I can't believe you'd still give a blood transfusion with old blood. Are you kidding me? It's not oxygenated for two whole days. Like, this is crazy. You're not even doing anything for them. They're still tired, you know? And so they're like, okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) but like yeah very (laughs) passionate about that even now like 20 years later right so you know but that's the level that you need to get to because I'm all about now you know over the years I've seen every every kind of like sales trick in the book and I've always stuck with the relationships and building relationships first, but not just relying on them so that you're friend zoned, you know, taking that and leveraging that relationship to really like you are, like if you're sitting at a happy hour with your best friend and they're telling you about taking that douchebag back and you're like, no, I'm going to call you out on your shit and make sure that you take a different action now if you really want a different result, you know? And that to me is helping somebody, you know, like helping them to see what their life could be like if they didn't keep repeating these patterns that are going on or if they fix the problem that they have. Like sometimes it's a pattern, sometimes it's just a new realization, sometimes it's a new product or a new service or a new way to save time doing the same thing that you've been doing your whole life or in your business life, right? But um you know, there really is that opportunity to look at sales, like, you know, and money, right. To look at it as just something that you naturally do all day long. It's as easy as breathing. It shouldn't be any extra drama, you know, making money is something that you're entitled to just like air, you know, it's what you need to survive. You need it to enjoy your life and, you know, life is all about living it. So why not align with the energy of money and loving it instead of, you know, looking for every single reason why not to. 
Yeah, so well said. So well said. Having that relationship with money so that it multiplies and you can enjoy it because we are meant to enjoy it. And, you know, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs out there will be like, well, I don't make enough money and sales are so unpredictable and it's not consistent income. And, you know, the commissions are sporadic and I have a lot of zero months. What, how would you address that? Well, I would say, you know, let's look at your energy. Because if that's what you're looking at and where you're focusing your energy at, then that's what you're going to get more of. And so chances are, if you're experiencing the ups and downs and ups and downs, then you might be looking at your desire for more money or more clients or more sales uh, from an aspect of lack versus from an aspect of, ooh, wouldn't that be fun energy of like, oh yeah, I can do that. Like, like if you think about going to brush your teeth, like you're sitting on your couch and you're like, oh. I really need to brush my teeth. I'm going to get up. Like I want to do it. Like my mouth tastes funky, you know, like I had those Doritos before bed. Like this is just, I got to get this out. You don't sit there and then question whether or not it's possible. Like it's something that's done and it's getting done. Right. Versus like sitting back and saying, oh, well, you know, I really want to sign like another client today. Oh, but like, what if they don't show up? Or what if my content's not good enough? Or what if somebody doesn't want to pay me or blah, 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 blah. You know, like all these, you know, we come up from this desire from a spot of like, well, I don't have the clients yet, you know, like I can't, I can't, I can't make that money until the client comes in when really it should be that energy of like, not just I desire it, but it's happening and I'll find a way one way or another, you know, like if you want to brush your teeth in the morning and you don't have a toothbrush, you're like, well, I'll just go up to Walgreens and I'll buy a toothbrush and bring it back and go brush my teeth. Like what if like assigning a client into your membership or your, you know, group program or your one-on-one could be that easy and just straightforward. Yeah. Not overthinking it. as a lot of us tend to do. (laughs) Yeah. Like not giving it that space to then give a reason to drop out of your personal power, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people like we don't realize kind of going back to what you were saying earlier, where you had all these, like where you're given a plate of options and you're given all the negative reasons why, and all the positive reasons why, and we naturally, and I think it's that fear-based part in your brain. That's like trying to head off like the destruction without realizing that it's like creating a perfect scenario for destruction. Right. And so instead of going, instead of just saying, okay, I know that exists, but I really want to focus over here instead, um, which actually feels lighter and doesn't feel as dense and feels, you know, easier in your mind and doesn't make you like shallow breathe. Yeah. Like we're, we're, we're naturally, prone to look at all of the stuff that could go wrong. And we are, and just switching that, like every time you catch that thought, so powerful, you know, and just like, okay, let me focus on the positive side of this or work through this negative because it's telling me something. It's a warning sign and I want to neutralize it, but I want to feel the feelings so that I can process it and then move forward. And so many of us are like, no, I'll take care of that later. I'll take care of that later. And you know, all of that. So when you receive your sales commissions, do they come on a regular basis? Are they like my commissions from my um, selling insurance? You know, Friday, I seem to get a lot of deposits for my commissions. Mm -hmm. And I can't even say that word today. The residual, yeah, I'm not going to be able to say it. Residual. Residual. Thank you. (laughs) 
uh, those commissions are always fun too. Cause it's like, Oh, cool. Has it been a year already? Has it been like, this is awesome. So I love to date money. I love to sit down with money once a week. I give them my money a name. Her name is Mel. And we sit down once a week and we add up all those commissions and then we implement this money multiplier system. What's your system look like when you receive all your commissions? Well, I I have a bunch of different streams of income, so like they they're all coming in at different times. So like I have one consulting client that pays me twice a month, and then you know like on their twice a month pay like biweekly pay schedule. But then I'm also a sales coach for coaches and consultants, and those can come in anytime, you know. So that's where I guess more unpredictable in a way because like I you know, like sometimes I'll have somebody buying every single day because I have offers at at many different, you know, like that, the value ladder. Right. So I had a membership and now I just sell, like I have a bunch of bundles that, that can be purchased or boxer mines that I do. Like I have one about selling in the DMS that's coming up and another one for, um, you know, like selling on live video and using like things like this for promoting your offers or live streams and just getting yourself more visible. Uh, But then I also have one-on-one clients and I have a group program called sales queen takeover that's starting actually tomorrow. So there's a lot of different ways people can pay me. And I find that fun because like, you never know when you're going to wake up and that's the day that you're like, Oh, cool. I had this new client that came in and they want to work with me for three months. Like, this is perfect, you know, but you got to be open to that too, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Have to weave that into the schedule as an entrepreneur, get rid of that nine to five mindset. So when you have all of your income coming in, do you have a system in place where you're, you know, processing the payments? Are you using the money envelope system that your parents uh, had? (laughs) Your mom had? I actually, so it's funny. I have my Excel spreadsheet, my Mackenzie money date spreadsheet that I have that actually I started doing after I was, you know, it's, I got so tired of waiting every single um, year on like April 2nd to scramble to get everything together for my accountant, you know? And so, um, cause I've always worked from home. So I've always been somebody that had a lot of deductions and I know, and I hate, hate, hate doing expense reports and things like that. Like I love the feeling when it's done, but I, you know, if, it, if it's something like for my old sales jobs where I had to do an expense report every two, it was just like, like I, I avoided it like the plague. It's just like so tedious because I just didn't keep up with. If I only kept up with it for those two weeks, yeah. Story. Well, you had your focus on other things. <laughs> yeah, on creative and making calls and co- talking to conver- you know, talking to like you know, pe- like doing money generating things instead of right, right. Being Maverick uh, the money maker. He's one of my archetypes in my, the money dating game on my website. So yeah, and there's yeah. a lot of entrepreneurs that rather do the creative, they'd rather do the selling and, you know, make the money and then let someone else take care of the back end and the expenses and all of that. Yeah. So I love that you use Excel sheets. Those, you know, I, I'm the, the money envelopes is something I use. And then I, add, I actually ch- changed it to the money buckets and created bank accounts. And now there's some banks that yeah. actually do money buckets for you, which is a lot of fun, yeah. but I have to, like, I was a treasurer for years for not-for-profits. And I I have to have that double check. I have to have that. Okay. So I still have my Excel sheet and then I have my, you know, Mm -hmm. my markets and I'm and I love it when they balance out. And it's just like, this is amazing. Like just do that 
celebration dance, you know, and having a purpose for every dollar is so important because mm-hmm. we always want to plan for our future. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs are like taking all of their income and putting it back into their business. Mm-hmm. What's your strategy as far as that goes in your money story journey? Yeah, for the first couple of years, for sure, that's what I was doing, probably. But I was spending more than I was making, like 100%, like infinitely more with, you know, really trying to mainly do strategy. Like, I think from my, um, like thinking back on it from my background, since, you know, you're taught all the sales strategy, and then you go implement it, like, you're just expected to do the job. Like you don't have time to sit there and be a snowflake about it. Cause your manager is going to be like, Oh, I smell weakness. Do we need to let go of you? Like you just don't get a chance to sit there and be like, well, I think that my, um, my like father trauma is causing me to like, not want to go make this call today. So I don't think I'm going to do it. Like you just don't like you, or you're not like, Oh, well, I'm kind of sick of selling this product for three weeks in a row. So is there any chance I could just take that? like a month off from this product (laughs) launch, like you just don't hear that, you know? And I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of that in the coaching world where we're like, well, I'm promoting too much or I'm selling too much, you know, or you don't know enough yet to go out and sell that. And it's all bullshit. Like it's really, you do know enough. You just need to get out and talk about it and do it in a fun way, like in ways that align with you. Like I don't particularly enjoy being on every single social media, I know that being in Insta stories would be great, but quite frankly, I'd rather spend time with my kids and then promote on LinkedIn and on podcasts and things like that instead, you know, but like, you know, it's, it's funny that, um, you know, for me though, I was definitely spending way more than I was making because I would, there's a couple of reasons why there. Number one, I wasn't being honest with myself about what my genius zone really was. I kept telling myself when I first started that like, Oh, you can't be a business coach. You can't be a an online, you know, sales coach. Like you've never sold anything online. You sold three hundred dollars in your first whole year, and I'm like, uh, probably because I wasn't talking about sales and like how to actually sell in an easy way. You know, like the whole I couldn't get beyond the point of like, well, I don't have a website. How can I sell anything? Or how do I sell? I could have just taken a social media course from one of the best and been like, okay, good. We're done. Let's go. Let's move on three months later. So that would be one of my tips, guys, if you're listening, like just own your genius from the start. It's so much easier. Whatever you're doing in your corporate job, just monetize it out in the online world and take it class on how to sell online. You can do that with me if you'd like, but then we want you to make money. We want you to be profitable, right? (laughs) Exactly. I love that. And I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs that got chipped up, like they'll go gung-ho into something and they'll be all excited. And then all of a sudden they'll tell themselves these stories. Like, I can't do this. I don't have the, you know, the results you know, I don't know how to attract clients. I don't know how to sell. And I, I tell my stories, some of those things as well. And it's daily, like this is a daily drive. Like you are the CEO of your business. You yeah. get to make decisions. You don't have that manager, that boss breathing down your neck, telling you do it or you're out. But if you yeah. think about it, I want to eat today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I know a lot of entrepreneurs who underprice their product or, or their services and I'm like, stop, you know, and I know a lot of people will look at my pricing and they'll be like, well, I can't afford that. Well, yes, you can, because this yeah. is what's going to happen when you work with me. And if you don't, what happens, you know, you're just going to stay stuck in this cycle. And it's so funny because under letting them feel that feeling, right? And understanding that I get to do this. I get to tap into my zone of genius. And 
owning your zone of genius. So I love all the advice that you're giving. You're so much fun and, and perky. It must be a blast to work with you. What's the best way for um, our audience to get in touch with you? Yeah. So lately I hang out a lot on LinkedIn. I really absolutely love LinkedIn. Um, it is a different platform than it ever used to be. It's not just where you go find jobs. It can be where you find clients now. <laughs> and so it's really fun. So I'm at, I'll put my link here, but you could find me Cassie McKenzie on LinkedIn. I also have a YouTube channel and a podcast called I'm not salesy. So I post, you know, all the new stuff to into YouTube and on Instagram. And um, I actually also, I have a book on Amazon called uh, Manifest 3K in three weeks. So that's all about like money manifestation and stuff like that. And so that's always fun if you're like new to the manifesty side of money. But but yeah, if you're looking to learn how to sell in a non-salesy way and have it be you know fun and enjoyable and no big deal and feel like you're helping people instead of it being like this whole big thing that you need a free accountability group in order to do every day, then like just come learn how to do it the right way and go on with your life. Come I love that. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything. You actually combined your words of wisdom at the end. So I absolutely love that. And uh, you know, for those of you who are listening, if you want to learn sales, Cassie's your girl. Go connect with her. The links to connect with her are in the show notes. You'll have a blast. And don't you want to have fun doing what you're doing? Because it shouldn't be work. Because that's not... My husband called my, he goes, are, are, I was sad this morning when I woke up and I was, I was having to, I told Cassie before we started hitting recording that I'm really in this funk. I need to change my, you know, change my uh, energy. And uh, we talked a little bit about that, but my husband was like, why are you so sad? Is it because of work? I'm like, I don't have work. What's work. I retired in December of 21. This is not work. This is fun. I can do this yeah. all day long. And I knew it was going to raise my energy level, yeah. which it did. So going from a <laughs> Going from a two to a nine is fantastic in less than 45 minutes. So there you have it. So for those of you listening, please share the show. Give us some love, some five stars, and be sure to connect with Cassie. And remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's what you do with it. Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to rate the show. Give us some love. We would love your review. And remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's what you do with it. And some words of advice, pay yourself first. Are you ready to partner with money? Go check out the money dating game at idatemoney.com and choose your partner. We hope you always get the date you want. Thanks for tuning into the show. Give us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Get ready to activate wealth. Be the next millionaire. With a simple adjustment of your finances using an energetically aligned money multiplier system, you get to build wealth by partnering with money. It's time to have fun with finances. Pick a date. The link is in the show notes to book your wealth activation call where you will get the one solution to multiply your money. Remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it.